Today's message. Now, just kind of summarize where we've been the last few weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about a, on a message called the law of reciprocity or how to uh, love a big fat stinking jerk. And then uh, next week, I, last week, I talked about uh, Christianity's lost message, the idea of dying to self and letting Christ live in you. Talk about how God wants us to die to selfishness. Painful thing to do, but man, we've got to do that. That's the bottom line here, is we've got to die to ourselves and let God be alive in us. Let go and let God. That's what I was talking about. Well, today we want to continue that idea uh, with a message entitled, Fat Baby. Now, in our self-centered culture today, we have almost taken selfishness to an art form. We've taken it to new heights. We have dressed up selfishness with such pretty terms and explanations that people today can do incredibly stupid things openly and with no shame that just a few years ago you'd have been embarrassed for anybody to know what you're doing. You might have done it, but you didn't tell anybody. You know, well, today we just, oh, yeah, I did it because blah, 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 blah. we figured out how to make our selfishness look holy and righteous and justified and good and healthy and reasonable to people. Reminds me of the lady that I met who was explaining to me that she was getting a divorce, her and her husband. I said, well, that's so sad. I said, why is that? She says, oh, it's not so bad. It's just that our pets couldn't get along. Rarely, rarely am I at a loss for words. And how do you respond to that? We're getting a divorce because our pets don't get along. Think, man, even if you really thought that, good Lord, don't be dumb enough to tell people. <laughs> but we tell people because they're, well, it's all justified. Of course, our pets got to get along. It's all very reasonable. And she's explaining this to me like I should totally understand. And I just kept shaking my head, smiling, thinking, you are dumb as a brick. Marriages, well, man, all kinds of men and women walk out on their marriages today and they have all kinds of reasonable explanations. Well, you know, I gotta find myself. I gotta be honest with who I am. I'm not having my needs, man. I just blah, blah. <laughs> men walking out on their families, abandoning the children they say they love because, well, I feel like it. And I've, I've got to, it would be hypocritical of me. To stay and be there. Because I, I don't really feel it in my heart. And people just go, oh. Well, you can't be hypocritical. You know, we buy into these stupid things. But it's all just ways of dressing up one stinking thing. Selfishness. Public figures today. I don't care if it's sports people. I don't care if it's presidents. I don't care what is. Man, people say stuff, do stuff, change their minds up, down, in, out, all over the place. They all explain it away by with their feelings and all kinds of nonsense. This is ridiculous. We perfected selfishness in such a way that people no longer even view it as selfishness. But completely reasonable behavior. Well, y'all, it's very reasonable. It's very reasonable. It's not reasonable. Selfishness. You can dress it up and stay selfish. No, you know, you can take a dog turd and you can paint it. You can put flowers on it. You can tie pretty ribbons all around it. Spray it with expensive perfume. But at the end of the day, it's still just a dog turd.
I'll let that sink in for just a minute while we just kind of... <laughs> so narcissistic today. We can take virtually any selfish behavior, recast it, and it comes across as being perfectly reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. And we get sucked up into it. Lots of people just get, oh, oh well, I didn't know that. Da, da, da. But man, you got to look through that haze of nonsense. Look at stuff for what it is. We violate the scriptures by being critical, divisive, hateful, cause all kinds of trouble, backbite and say nasty things. <laughs> but we package it as righteous indignation. As I'm, I'm fighting uh, for what's right here. It's like, I'm being a big fat stinking jerk uh, for Jesus. Now one of the most ludicrous recasting of selfishness in the church today the repainting of a dog turd, if you will, is when lazy, self-centered, it's all about me, Christians, complain that they are not being properly attended to. Oh, Pastor, I, I don't know that we're being properly attended to. You know, I, I, we come to church and we expect a certain level of proper attention. You know, I came to the service and I, I didn't feel I should have felt at that service. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. Because they don't admit that. They just complain and wrap it up in some kind of pretty nonsense. And the most common way of projecting selfishness today is this phrase, I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. Fed, 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 fed. Nobody's feeding me. Here's what Paul had to say about that. In Hebrews, he wrote, we assume it's Paul, wrote, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food, exclamation point. He's yelling at them. I've actually had people quote this scripture trying to justify why they need to be fed. It wasn't encouraging them to be fed. It was encouraging them to grow up. Goodness gracious. So-called mature believers talk like this. You expect to feed babies. Babies need to be fed. Toddlers need to be fed. I have three grandchildren. Two of them are three years old. Two months apart. And uh, there's Parker, the oldest one. And now he's easy to feed. Because if you just set food out for Parker, he just eats it. <laughs> yeah, you take it to a restaurant, it's, 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 it's a piece of cake. But then there's Kian. Delightful, wonderful, precious child. Who is wired. All the time. He's like his grandfather. And the kid is just... And this kid literally would starve to death if you didn't sit him down and stick food in his mouth. Honestly, you got to feed him. You got to feed him. If you don't feed him, he'll die. He just won't sit still long enough. He's so wired. He's always goofing around playing something. He's making toys out of his food. Yesterday, that piece of chicken, Ross, it turned into a boat. You remember? Look, Poppy, a boat. Ooh, eat it. No, it's a boat. Ooh, eat it. <laughs> no, 
why you expect that kind of behavior. You know, it's one thing when you're three. It can be a little irritating, but it's, it's still, he's only three. But if he's 16 years old and still going, I ain't being fed. It's time he just starved to death. You see, there's a normal transition, ladies and gentlemen, in life. At some point, you stop being fed and you start feeding yourself. But there's a sense of entitlement amongst Christians today. Well, I I deserve a a deeper spiritual stimulation. When I come to church, I expect a certain... Look, anyone who thinks a Sunday morning experience like this, where you get a 20, 25 minute message, that that should meet all the spiritual needs of your life, anyone who thinks like that is delusional. Let me explain to you what a Sunday morning service is about. It's about corporate worship, gathering together and lifting our voices to God and praising Him because He's worthy. It's about fellowship, connecting with one another, seeing one another, praying for one another, weeping with those who weep, celebrating with those who are celebrating. It's about encouraging each other. It's about proclaiming the gospel, which is pretty simple stuff, so that people can come to Christ. It's about remembering the Lord's death. The Bible says when you get together, you should remember the Lord's death until he comes. That's, that's why we take communion every Sunday. Why? To reflect on this is all about this thing, identifying with the death of Christ. Without this sacrifice, we would be lost in our sins. And we need to constantly remind ourselves, am I identified with this death? Have I died to myself? Have I died to my own selfishness? We should constantly remind ourselves. I remind myself of this daily. There's all kinds of stuff that this is all about, but what it's not, it's not a time for deep, intellectual, expositional, theological, ecclesiastical, transfigurative examinations and exhortations of the scriptures. Most of you don't even know what I said. <laughs> that's why we don't do that. You know, that's the challenge in any church like this. Is you, you know, a growing church. There's people here at all kinds of different levels of their spiritual growth. And you've got to prepare yourself in a way that everybody can relate to. Even a service like last week when I was talking about dying to self and what that really means. Man, that's, that's tough for a lot of people. Tough for a lot of you, man. Some people, I still got to sit down and explain what I was even talking about. They didn't get it. They're believers. Can you imagine some guy coming in here for the first time and hearing a message like that? I go, holy stinking cow. It's hard. We don't just need to be shoving heavy meat down everybody's throat. We need to present stuff in a way that challenges everybody, but yet allows the weaker ones to come along with us. What's that called? It's called not being selfish. So, well, pastor, I want more. I want more. Okay. But there's all kinds of ways you can get more. Man, just come out on Wednesday nights. You want more of the Bible? We'll give you more of the Bible on Wednesday nights. We take 45 minutes instead of a 20-minute message. You get 45 minutes. We take the Bible. It's not some subject that I'm dancing around on. We just take the Bible verse by verse all the way going through it. But then I've even had some people say, well, I, I don't like that book of the Bible you're studying. <laughs> oh! I mean, I smile at you when you say that, but I'm thinking, you know, I've been part of churches that 
give out deep spiritual truths all the time in an attempt to keep the mature believers fed. Because they cry, fed. I'm not getting fed. Pastor, you need to feed me. And they're constantly coming up with deep, 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 deep stuff. You know what it is? You got a bunch of Christians all huddled together and that's all that you ever get. Nobody gets saved. Nobody ever comes in. Nobody knows what in the world they're talking about half the time. But they don't care. They don't want to get fed. It is just an, an abomination to me. Excuse me, I have a phone call coming in. Hello. Good morning. It's Pastor Ray in Stevens Point. Say hi, Pastor Ray. Wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you what's going on here. Uh, we are testing right now our satellite uplink. And uh, we are bouncing off of some bird up in space somewhere right now, going back there. And uh, Stevens Point is about to test the signal to see if they're receiving it. So go for it. Can you see me? <laughs> they're clapping and cheering. Let's cheer with them. that's all you want is a great big Puerto Rican face all over the world right now baby (laughs) I'll get off the phone here Ray you can hear me talk to you right now anyway anyway we are excited you guys this thing is finally working so we're up and running so starting in August uh, we will be doing this all live and uh, we're very very excited about we're also going to change your church times because you have to line up with us so instead of meeting at 10 you're going to have to start meeting at 1030 with us so we can all do this live. But anyway, this is very exciting. And then you don't have to get us delayed. You can experience it real time. And <laughs> all its glory. All right, goodbye. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye. <laughs> okay, back to the sermon. <laughs> That's kind of cool, isn't it? You know, what's neat about that now is with this system working, we, we're going to be able to move forward now and set up our other campuses and they can actually they'll have their own worship and stuff like that. But then, boom, the services connect live. And we all experience the same word and the same fellowship, take communion together. It's going to be very, very cool. Uh, and it allows us literally any place in the country, a person can put up a dish and get the services. And uh, uh, we know that the prison system in Wisconsin, like 13 prisons, they all want to put dishes in so they can all start getting the services. And uh, anybody who wants to start a, a celebration church, uh, can do that, even a small house group. All they got to do is get, put up a satellite dish and they can start uh, entering in with what we're doing and stuff. It's going to allow us to start spreading what we do all over the place. So we're very, very excited about it. Praise God for all of that. So anyway, all right. What was that talking about? Uh, people complain about not getting fed. Got to get fed, got to get fed. Now granted, there are churches where it's not so much that they don't feed people. They actually starve people spiritually. I mean, they literally forbid people to go certain places and they won't let them have Bible studies and we can do this and you can't do that here. Da, 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 da. Well, that's a whole different ballgame. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about, you know, doctrinal problems. I mean, sometimes you're involved with a church and there just becomes a doctrinal wall over some issue. You don't hate each other, but you just can't get around it. You know, that's, that's fine. I mean, if you believe that you should be baptized in prune juice, um, you're probably going to have a problem here because I'm not going to do that. I'll compromise with you. I'll, I'll drink prune juice. 
I'll baptize you in prune juice if you want. But if, you don't want that. <laughs> but if you expect everybody to be the way your little wacky little doctrine thinks it, it ought to be, and we don't all buy into it, and then that becomes such a wall, well, then, then you got to move on. Like, look, I'm not saying there's not reasons to not be part of churches. There's all kinds of reasons. But one that stinks to high heaven, that should never be a justification, is this idea, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting fed. I'm not getting fed. Man, in 40 years of doing this, serving Jesus, being part of churches, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. We have never, ever, 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 ever said that phrase. Who thinks in terms like this? Selfish people, and we encourage people, and you hear other people say it, so we all start saying it. We just all, you know, we just take up the little dog turd and make it pretty, and everybody just buys into it. It is selfishness. Come on, people. The Bible says at some point you stop being fed and you start feeding yourself and then you move on and you start feeding other people say well I want to grow there's all kinds of opportunities to grow and seek out opportunities for spiritual food we got the Wednesday night we got Bible studies we got small groups you got personal devotions you got Christian radio Christian television goodness gracious there is bookstores If the early Christians would look at us with everything we have and the ability to reach out and get any kind of information or spiritual food we want and heard people whining about not being fed, they would be mortified. Mortified. Above all, stop thinking that other people should feed you. Feed yourself. Sadly, there's more people interested in being fed than in even feeding others. And by the way, the best way to feed yourself is to feed others. Because the best way to learn anything is to teach it to other people. In fact, oftentimes, this sense of no longer being fed is just God's way of telling you, get off your butt and start feeding yourself and start feeding other people. It's a challenge on the inside of man. Start ministering to others. Now, if you've ever taught anything, ballet, guitar lessons, anything at work, you've had to teach anybody anything. I want you to stand up. Anyway, you've ever had to teach anything? It won't be everybody, but it'll be, well, wow, almost everybody. You've had to teach. All right, now. Everybody who will admit you actually learned more when you were teaching it, sit down. Well, that pretty much nails that, doesn't it? (laughs) You always learn more when you teach others. You always grow more when you teach others. You always benefit more when you finally have to teach it in the sense sometimes of, gee, I need more, I need more, I need more. Is the Holy Spirit saying, come on, grow up already. Don't just sit around crying and whining. I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. There's a song some years ago came out by Amy Grant called Fat Baby. Y'all remember this song? The words go like this. I know a man, maybe you know him too. You never can tell he might even be you. He knelt at an altar and that was the end. He saved and that's all that matters to him. His spiritual tummy can't take too much. One day a week he gets his spiritual lunch. 
On Sundays, he puts on his spiritual best and gives his language a spiritual rest. He's been baptized, sanctified, redeemed by the blood. But his daily devotions are stuck in the mud. He knows the books of the Bible in John 3:16. He's got the biggest King James you've ever seen. I've always wondered if he'll grow up someday. He's mama's boy and he likes it that way. If you happen to see him, tell him I said, and then even the songwriters blow it. He'll never grow if he never gets fed. No, he'll never grow if he never stops feeding himself. But I love the way the chorus ends. The song comes with a great big swell at the end of Fat Baby. Tim, play us that thing. He's just a fat, 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 And on that deeply spiritual note, I'll have the ushers come forward and the musicians get ready to serve us communion. Man, let's not be fat babies. Let's not sit around whining and complaining. You hear anybody talk like that, you challenge them. What are you talking about not getting fed? How old are you? How long have you been coming to church? Some of the people making whining comments like this have been saved 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 20, 30 years and still whining about it. We had a pastor's wife in the first service from California, Baptist church in California, and visiting people here. And she came up to me afterwards and she says, man, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one to hear that stuff. Churches everywhere hear this. It's whining. I don't care what church you go to. You've got that segment of people who spiritualize their selfishness. They spiritualize their laziness. Let us not be lazy. Let us not be fat little babies. Let us be men and women as we get challenged in the word here. But this isn't enough. You don't eat just one meal a week, people. We could feed you till your eyeballs are popping out this morning, real food. But chances are, if you don't feed, eat again till next Sunday, you're going to be pretty miserable. We need to grow up. We need to get mature. We need to be responsible for our own selves and start feeding ourselves. Where are you at this morning? As I said earlier, during communion time, it's the perfect time for believers to ask themselves, am I crucified with Christ? Quite frankly, if you're really hypersensitive about what you need, I need, I need, I need, chances are you're not really living a crucified life. Paul said this, I'm crucified with Christ and I don't live anymore, but it's Christ who lives in me. That's why we challenged you last week to let go and let God in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, wow, I've never even really thought much about this stuff before. Maybe, Maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life. The reality is this. We're all sinners. We're all hopelessly lost. There's nothing you can do about it. We've all offended God. We've all done things we shouldn't do. There's not a stinking thing you can do about it. You can't buy it off. You can't come to church and work it off. You can't cry it off. There's only one thing you can do is trust Jesus to take it away. That's why he died on the cross. I promise you, if you could have fixed it, he'd have let you fix it. 
But he knew there was no hope. Without him, there was no hope. That's why he was called the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's why we gather and we worship and we praise and we celebrate him. Because that selfless act is what makes it possible for us to have forgiveness of our sins. If you've never taken that step or you've asked Christ into your life to forgive you of your sins, I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer here. If you'll pray this prayer with us and believe this from the bottom of your heart, you can take your first steps of faith this morning in knowing God's forgiveness in your life. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much, you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.